Alright guys, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to Gaming Compute. Here on this podcast, we talk about jobs, careers, education, side hustles, anything pretty much that has to do with finance, money, a little bit about the economy, and let's jump into it. A topic that recently came up is trans representation um as it pertains to i guess um the process of uh branding i guess you would say um so for example i mean this comes up with trans people as well as lgbt people you know who might be like sexual minorities or gender minorities or anything along those lines um but you know this this concept kind of came to mind more so through um Ashley Gavin's most recent episode so she did this interview with well I guess it was a podcast or her regular podcast episode but it was kind of like an interview almost like she does them like like an interview in a way um because they get to talk a lot about their content as well but it is themed it is a sexual themed um queer podcast and so she has a lot of different uh podcaster well comedians mostly sometimes podcasters mostly comedians mostly um lgbt people um sometimes uh cis straight people um but um allies in general but usually you know she usually has lgbt people on so if you haven't checked out her podcast go ahead it's really good stuff sorry i don't know what's wrong with my voice i'm like yawning and I'm like yawning, literally. <laughs> like I'm trying not to yawn, which is why I'm sounding so weird when I'm talking. But um, so yeah, she interviewed Nico Carney. Nico Carney, N I C O C A R N E Y. So Nico Carney is a trans male, and uh, pronouns he him, and. Um, he was recently on her podcast and I found it interesting, you know, that, you know, a lot of times when talking about maybe, um, like trans, um, content creators or trans, uh, people in general, a lot of times maybe we don't focus on business um we focus a lot on like you know people i mean not we but i mean i'm just saying like in general people are like oh like they want to focus on like maybe the past of like okay like some kind of things that might be a little like bordering inappropriate if they're speaking to a person you know like it's not appropriate to ask 
somebody's dead name or start talking to them like oh can I see pictures of you when you were in a dress or like when you identified as like a female or whatever um I mean unless somebody wants to really um talk about that information it's not really a question for others to be asking really um I'm not saying Ashley Gavin did this or anything I'm just saying like that's something that I guess as a disclaimer, I feel like I I need to put it out there just because a lot of times when people aren't familiar with certain populations of people, they just start asking all kinds of questions. And one thing I noticed about, you know, being an LGBT person myself, um, you know, sometimes people don't know what to ask and they're just kind of like, oh, like, how do I talk to you about this? Um, like, how do we continue talking about, you know, like, updates about your dating life or updates about, you know, um, whatever, but it seems like people really want to know about relationships and sexuality and stuff like that, almost more so than they do with, like, cis straight people. I've really noticed that, um, you know, like my my straight friends when you first when they first introduce to people or like meet people people aren't really talking about like oh are you married are you gonna get married if you get married are you gonna have a kid are you gonna have a biological child are you gonna like adopt and like you know like are you seeing anybody right now like what's their gender like what you know like I feel like those types of questions come up a lot more for LGBT people like kind of before people even want to kind of uh, know about you um and for trans people there is there are more added layers and i would say and for non-binary people too but i think for trans people you know people start asking questions about like i was saying like about like a dead name or about like what somebody might have looked like when they identified as female or pre-transition and you know sometimes people are on the internet and they'll share their transition or you'll see like different content of them when they were previously in a in a different um you know identity like they ident they can't they maybe hadn't come out yet or maybe they weren't aware themselves um of their gender identity or hadn't come into it yet and then they come into it and then you know um it might have been like a person who was a you know cis lesbian female who you know um comes out as a trans heterosexual male or a trans queer male or a trans gay male or whatever um you know identity that they come out as and there's usually a a process between that of like someone realizing things about themselves or like um coming into you know that part of themselves that they're now you know this is you know these are their labels this is how they identify this is you know how they prefer others to you know speak to them or treat them or um you know places where they're more comfortable and like 
where's the dysphoria coming from, you know, in society and things like that. Um, but then comes up this con- this this topic of, you know, if you're a professional and you have your own professional brand. So this can be anybody, anybody at all from work, you know, from a work setting of like, maybe you do data entry for a, um, a temp agency, or maybe you do, um, like Facebook and other like Instagram and social media posts for a startup or maybe you yourself are a content creator or in this in this case of the specific example you know like Nico Carney a comedian or maybe you're a model you know on Instagram or maybe you're um uh an actor right so you can see like you know people might be in the public eye in a different way and you know, when you follow a lot of content of certain people, you'll you'll see it come up too. Like I know, um, a very one of the very famous YouTubers uh, who previously, well, comedians, but I learned about this person through YouTube. Um, one of the famous. Um, comedians that I came across on YouTube earlier on that identified as a white lesbian female um and their brand was Rhea Butcher and you know I came across uh Butcher when I was first introduced to um uh uh, May Martin and um, there's this other this other comedian Diane. Let me see if I can look it up. I think her name was Diane. Give me a second, guys. Sorry, I didn't think I was gonna go this route. Um, uh, let me see. my gosh, I can't spell. It's not helping. Um, If I look up queer comedy, Diane, maybe it was Diana. Um, I don't see her. I'm not seeing her popping right up. Uh, If I get her name, I'll I'll write it in. She was really funny, but I only really saw like one or two uh, pieces by her. And it was just like basically I was mentioning her because of a timeline that I had come across um, because I was on a timeline. Um, not, I was just thinking of the timeline of when I, you know, came across. Uh, Rhea Butcher and you know um, Rhea was married at that time to a different comedian um, 
so yeah so I'm trying to like sorry I'm pausing because I'm like scrolling through YouTube at the moment um there um Cameron Esposito so Cameron Esposito and Rhea Butcher were married before uh Rhea Butcher um came out as River Butcher um and so you know just scrolling through YouTube this is the first time I'm doing it I'm doing this live scrolling cuz like the name came up when I was listening to Ashley Gavin's podcast today and then um I'd never checked into uh the content cuz I didn't know there were like updated posts and a lot of these comedians you know I follow their content as far as like their stand up but I or maybe if they have a podcast but I don't necessarily follow like what they're doing like if they vlog or anything like that so I'll I'll maybe sometimes forget about them or just um I don't really hear anything until someone else brings them up again and then yeah so this is what happened with me with with River Butcher is because I previously followed um when uh River was Rhea and now River has transitioned come out um I don't know the identity specifically because I haven't listened to River's updated um, comedy. And so I will, you know, but also it's like the um, complexities of it all. Not that it's not that it matters if it's complex for me to talk about or if it matters if it's complex for anybody else. But I I think about, you know, um, something that doesn't really get mentioned too much. And it's not really to deter people or to make people worry if they are considering transitioning um, or if they are, you know, in the process of transitioning or if they, you know, do have dysphoria and might even go through a name change or, you know, um, something along those lines. Uh, But, you know, it is something that you know i've i've never really thought about the the aspect of you know professional life professional life and your brand you know especially if you're a comedian it's like if you're named ria and say if you identify as a trans male you probably might not want that name ria you know Uh, Some names are a little more neutral or people can like make them sound a little different. Uh, But if you think about it, it's like, you know, the content is connected to your name. Like comedians, their content is usually connected to their name or their stage name. Kind of same thing with uh, musicians. Um, A lot of people in the public eye, but it's not to say that like just anyone who's not famous and not and just working you know just in general I mean if you're working or even in school you yourself also have a brand you know you are your brand 
your work ethic, you know, is your brand. And, you know, you might have a LinkedIn profile, you have a CV or whatever, or a, a resume and, you know, all these kind of professional uh, profiles and things like that. And yeah, I mean, that does come up. That is something that does come up that that might change, you know, and then everything would change. Um, I mean, you're still the same general person inside. You're not a different human being altogether. But, you know, the physical appearance might be different. The name might be different. The look might be different, you know, as people tend to prefer to change things that um, are related to dysphoria. And so, you know, something like a very femme name, when you are a mask-presenting person, even if you're mask-presenting but not trans, that could be... um, an issue for some people I remember when River um, previously um, identified as a um, lesbian female that uh, River would joke around about the last name Butcher because it sounds like butch and it sounds like dude and it sounds like you know masculine and River would joke around about the last name saying like how funny is that that you know I go by, you know, like my last name is Butcher and then I'm gay, you know. And so, like, I'm not going to say it's simple. I mean, I'm not even um, mentioning this. Um, I'm not even mentioning this as a means to, like, uh say anything bad or uh negative or worrisome or problematic or um you know in a negative way it's just it, it kind of almost in like a matter of fact way like it's just you know sometimes there're things that that don't come to the forefront, that aren't talked about in, you know, mainstream, you know, cis-hetero world, you know, these things don't come up, you know, people are still concerned about, you know, kids being taught about certain stuff in schools and that they're going to get confused somehow and decide that they want to start transitioning and just like all of a sudden, um... So, and that's not, you know, I mean, I don't know the statistics on that kind of thing, but that's not necessarily how, you know, someone who identifies as trans um, is going to, you know, just start, you know, at like a four-year-old kid just like starting to like want different hormones and stuff like that, like or that a school has to do something, you know, it's like people get really hung up on stuff that doesn't really seem like something that actually is going on. I've noticed that, um, a lot that people start worrying 
about things that other people are going to do. And it's like, well, what difference does that really make? Um, you know, um, what difference does that really make in, in, you know, my life, in the life of, you know, maybe my boss, my supervisor, um, the director, the, um, CEO of a company, like, I mean, these things matter that, you know, they need to think about, is there, you know, workplace safety, are there protocols in place for people who are non-binary or trans, or, you know, is there a protocol in place for if you transition, or if you, you know, um, are, um, you know, having, like, if you are, like, gender queer in some kind of way is there is there something that your workplace either does do or does not do and is it harmful hurtful helpful um you know i remember um all right guys so yeah so i previously had this experience at work this was in 2020 and i think i talked about this before so it was in 2020 sometime between the months of i don't know when but i think it was during pride month during june of 2020 i think and i remember still being in the office um physically at that point because i was still in my 90-day probationary training period um, which, you know, didn't end for me until maybe October of 2020. And so I remember this example. So I was at work and kind of newly met a new coworker. Um, and, you know, I was like, okay, I was pretty excited that, you know, I knew that, you know, I wasn't the only queer person in the office, and I kind of, uh, you know, it was June, and I started talking about Pride. Does anybody do anything for Pride? And at this time in the office, there in in the company total, there were there was like the person who started the company, there was our director at the time, there was um, a, a a manager at the time. And then there was one team of staff, and that was a team of two. And then I was the first person on um, this next team of staff. So I was the first person. Um, and then shortly after, a, um, a queer female started after I did. So... Myself, I was brand new. I had previously worked with the person who started the company, not to start the company at all, but I'd worked under her at a separate site. And the manager and um, the person on my team and 
the guy on the um, other team that was not my team, um, those three all knew each other from a previous site. And then there was one other person who was on the other team that I did not know. But, you know, that was the full staff right there. That was the full entire staff. Other than, like, people who just worked for the company, like, IT and, you know, um, general stuff like that. Like, you know, that was the full staff body. And so I don't remember how long into working, but I do remember in, in June of 2020 starting to talk about topics like, um, topics like pride and gender and just different kind of deeper topics you know and I was kind of excited because I was like okay it's a new job new place few people and you know the um one person on the other team you know they did identify that they're gay and I don't know how it came up but they just like casually mentioned it one day um as part of something they were saying and then you know I was kind of like putting out feelers like is there anybody else kind of like that was kind of like why I kind of started mentioning um pride like hey like what do you guys usually do for pride and I think that year um there was no pride festival um in San Diego um, I don't think there was one the following year either in 2021. 2022 was the first time the Pride Festival came back around. And so 2020, there was no Pride Festival. And so I was kind of like, what do you guys usually do? Do people usually do things? And um, so the person in charge you know has a kid that is a trans person and you know I mean I don't identify as trans the other person doesn't identify as trans the and then there was a the person on my team who you know started mentioning being you know like queer like started talking about their female partner a female talking about her female partner so I was kind of like oh cool we're like the majority here you know almost we're like half and half you know LGBT and non-LGBT staff but if you look at just like the workers and not like management it was really like three gay staff to like one you know non-gay staff and so I remember that was the first time that I do recall having conversations with co-workers not necessarily management all the time but conversations with co-workers where I was like we're actually like the majority and we were talking about all the all these kind of topics like it was more than one day because we're stuck in the office and it was just a few of us and you know so we we didn't even really have caseloads all of us at that time and so we were just you know like still training and stuff and so we had a lot of time to talk we didn't really have calls coming in or whatever we'd take breaks and just like chat so I had a 
a conversation with, um, you know, we were just talking as work buddies, just like whenever somebody would bring up a distracting topic, we'd all just kind of, if we weren't busy, we'd just start talking too. And so we were just discussing things with each other and, um, um, you know, interacting a lot about these topics. And that was the first time that I ever remember thinking, you know, seeing, you know, a cis straight person in the office that was another coworker that was just kind of like chilling. That was the first time I ever really remember um, that, you know, they didn't really have too much to say or to contribute or, you know, this wasn't something that um, uh, pertained to their life directly. You know, I could tell like, it's almost like when you're in an office where everybody likes, I don't know, anything like rugby and you're not really a rugby fan or you don't know anything about rugby and it's like, okay, here they go. They're all talking about rugby again. But, you know, I could kind of tell like, it wasn't that they weren't responding because they were like mad at how we were or anything. Like they just didn't have a lot to contribute. And usually I'm like, okay, that's usually how it is for me. Usually I'm in an office and people like might know, you know, they might know I'm an LGBT person. Like the close friends I've had at work, they do know. But also at work, they know like not to really bring it up and mention like, how was your date? How was this person you've been seeing or whatever? Like they don't really talk to me directly about it at work. So usually when topics like that start coming up, with dating and stuff usually I would be the one who's like sitting there like quiet not really answering um not really knowing what to say not really wanting to like reveal too much depending who was in the room and then even if uh if certain people I didn't trust weren't really in the room it would still make a little bit of a difference because I would be thinking like what if you know somebody hears over on the other side of, of the hall or like you know, whatever, like, all those kind of questions that are just kind of, like, when you're not fully out, like, I wasn't really, like, concerned about people finding out necessarily, because I did tell, like, a lot of people, um, but I just was not too comfortable with, you know, if I don't hang out with you outside of work, then I'm not really going to be talking to you about my dating life during work, because I had never really professionally navigated how that looks, and mind you, the places I've worked for are very, 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 very open-minded, um, and I still have not been able to, you know, at that, at that first site, not this, not this site that I was talking about with June 2020, um, that's still my current site, but I'm just talking about the fact that, you know, before that time, before June of 2020, I had only been, like, pretty, um, quiet about things and even though I knew a lot and people kind of knew what I was doing and stuff mostly and uh they weren't they were very respectful and never really said anything there was only really one person who was um ever somewhat problematic um and that person you know I remember 
they would always be like, you're so secretive, you're so secretive. And they would say it like in this weird way. And they'd always be saying it like when there's groups of people around and like, it kind of made me uncomfortable being around them, honestly. And like, but I would kind of just say like, you know, I'm not secretive. I just keep my personal life outside of work. Like I'll talk to you about like generally that I went hiking on the weekend or something, but I'm not going to tell you if I went to a gay club. Like that's like a whole different conversation, you know? Um, and so I saw that person a couple times at different friends' parties, work friends' parties, um, outside of work. And I kind of started realizing how that person was. And I remember even once where, you know, they kind of didn't corner me, but I like walked in and it was that person and then another person who I hang out with regularly, who's a good friend who, you know, the problematic person was like, oh, like, are you dating anyone? Are you on any dating apps? And I was like, yeah. And then they're like, which ones? And I was like, probably not any of the ones that you're on, you know? Um, and then fast forward even to like 2022, I had a couple awkward experiences with that person. Um, uh, they ended up getting licensed and you know good for them and um so you know a lot of my friends when they get licensed they'll put up like a, an instagram with their license profile you know and they'll you know request me to add them and so i'll add them usually and then um she was one of those people who did that too when she got licensed she had a professional profile and you know she um, requested to follow, and I was like, cool, and then I can't remember why, but I think I went through my Instagram, and I was like, you know, you know, there's some stuff I posted, I can't remember what it was, it might have been either the concert stuff, or the snowbird stuff, or whatever, where I was kind of like, eh, do I really want everybody, um, you know, connected to this, and also because I have this podcast, um, Instagram, I was a little bit reluctant (laughs) to, um, post, because there was one other instance where a pastor friend found my, um, Tomboy official Instagram, and I was like, oh no, I don't think he cares, but I kind of was like, I never, I never added him, and then, um, cause I got a little nervous about it cause I was like, well, if he connects, then it's going to connect all of his people. And some of those people overlap with a lot of church people that I'm really not trying to be involved with. So that happened, um, So he, so, well, it wasn't a he, it was, this person was a female. So she basically, um, yeah, she, I, I kind of just, like, deleted her, um, after I had, like, had her on my professional, after I added her professional profile on my personal Instagram, I deleted her, 
and then I was like I thought nothing of it because I was like whatever you know like I don't talk to her in real life anyways and then within like a day or two I checked back and I saw that she was back on there requesting the follow and I was like that's weird because that timing is kind of spooky that means that she is like checking on my stuff um she's checking um and noticed that I deleted her and I think she had a personal um profile too that maybe I deleted um and I thought it was weird um I think I noticed it one or two days later but she may have actually requested to follow like the day of and the thing that makes it weird guys is because I don't really post on Instagram that much like I only barely started posting like if I go to a concert or if I go snowboarding and otherwise I don't post like even weekly even monthly and so for someone to like notice that I deleted them I mean like how the heck are they even gonna notice like you know like unless their professional profile just didn't have a lot of people on there and so I thought that was weird and then maybe like sometime before August um, of 2022 the same person sent me some weird text that was like I'm at you know blah 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 like I don't know where it was it was like something and then I sent back like three question marks like huh like kind of like why is she texting me like she never texts me I don't even know who she is like I mean I do know who who she is but I was like I don't even like talk to her so like why the heck is she texting me you know because texting is kind of like a more personal thing it's like you don't just like text somebody that you haven't talked to for like (laughs) I don't know three four years um and we never hung out outside of those couple work parties um we never really hung out individually and I had invited her out with me, with other friends that were co-workers, with other friends of mine. I had invited her out so many times before where I was like, okay, well, she doesn't even want to hang out. So why the heck is she, like, ask, acting so, like, trying to be involved? Like, for me, I'm like, if you're going to be involved in knowing about my life, um, then you kind of have to be involved in my life. Otherwise, you know, unless you come across the podcast, you're not really gonna know too much about what I'm going, what I'm doing, um, and so, yeah, I don't just have everybody on, on my Instagram like that, and I don't just post every single thing that, like, every time I'm out to dinner, or every time I'm out somewhere, I don't just, like, post it, and so, you know, I only barely started checking it more recently, and it's because a friend of mine goes to concerts a lot, so I like to check their content. But and because of other Instagram uh, influencers and stuff, I really like their stuff, so I've really gotten a little uh, weekend addicted to Instagram. And so, and that's very recent. That's like within this month of September. That wasn't really going on too much before. Like I would go days without checking my Instagram before. And so, yeah, I always found it weird, um, just how she texted me like that out of the blue. And then 
um, you know, I asked those question marks and she's like, this is so-and-so I'm at blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I don't know where that is. You know, like I, I looked it up even, I Googled it and I couldn't find it or Yelp or whatever, like somewhere in San Diego. And I wasn't even in San Diego when she texted me, but I was mentioning that like I don't even know where it is you know and she told me who she was I was like I like in my head I'm like I know who you are like I have your name and number saved in my phone because I previously used to text her and invite her out um to hang out with me and some other people because I was just like that if I knew that there were people at work who kind of wanted to like hang out I would usually not mind inviting them out um, and she seemed like she wanted to get to know me, so I was kind of confused why she didn't really want to hang out. That, to me, was always, like, a weird thing where I'm like, okay, like, that kind of made me decide, you know, I'm just going to keep it strictly professional, you know, just work only. Because I have, when I'm at work, I have a professional kind of a way that I prefer to do things. And that does not include me talking about bars and clubs and dates and parties and all that kind of stuff. I talk about other topics like maybe sports or just like general athletic things or if I'm visiting family or friends. But, you know, I don't really talk about all the other stuff. So, you know, I found that weird. And I think I blocked her phone number. I mean, she wasn't like too inappropriate I wouldn't say like she wasn't bullying me she wasn't like like being too inappropriate but she was kind of nosy I'll put it that way like she always was kind of asking me when we did work together before 2020 she was always kind of asking me a lot of questions about like stuff that's like why would you even ask me that we don't even talk you know like we're not friends you know we don't talk like I don't even text you like for fun like we don't interact outside of work so like why would you need to know certain stuff about me kind of stuff you know um and then so there's that and then there was uh yeah so that was probably one of the weirder experiences I'd had at work but you know when I fast forward to like 2020 when there was that small work group before the company had grown to the size it is now it was still a growing new company and I was there when it was pretty new like I mentioned being the first one on that uh other team on the second team that was developing and then uh yeah, so there were three LGBT people, myself being one of them, and um, one other colleague that was non-LGBT, and then two management staff that were not LGBT, but one of them had a an LGBT child um, that did come into the office a couple times, um, and I was kind of like pretty, you know like I hope this kid like not like not like that they're interested in me not like that but I was just like I hope they see kind of the diversity of the staff that's here 
you know, and they can look at me and see how I dress and see how I am and just be like, this is who your mom hires for her company, you know, it's like half a queer staff, (laughs) you know what I mean? So I was kind of like, that kind of gave me hope, you know, um, and then, so yeah, basically that was the first time that I remember there being a co-worker who was kind of maybe left out of the relationship con- uh, conversation. Um, I mean, she was a minority as in being a female, but, you know, she wasn't a, an LGBT minority. She wasn't a, um, you know, an ethnic minority and, you know, in some cases still did have like a form of privilege on some end. And so, you know, I I do often wonder what that's like for certain people. But also that was kind of the climate of 2020. Um, a lot of people were, you know, having those experiences for the first time in the workplace. Um, or just in general, you know, I did, you know, witness a lot of people having experiences that they had never had before something a little off topic such as like um you know the caucasian uh management staff you know in our whole company having like zoom meetings about white privilege and the majority of them were caucasian and i overheard some of these conversations because you know the owner of the company would be in their office just like on zoom with it with those speakers on and like no headphones and stuff um and we kind of were listening in a little bit but still kind of working in the background and like she did that on purpose like she wasn't like hiding it or anything and she because she knew it was during our shift and so that was the best we could do was to kind of be able to like overhear how they kind of talk about this kind of stuff because they don't really have meetings about it and you know they were mostly talking about white privilege and like white people and you know they kind of kept it kind of like okay how do we support our black staff how do we support our minority um ethnic staff um in the workplace during these times when there's you know uh more recognition of police brutality and um uh being you know with white privilege being brought to the forefront and you know they weren't really directly talking about like policies or like how we're gonna you know hire more you know ethnic minorities like in you know higher up positions or anything like that and it was kind of interesting that the majority of the staff that were on these calls on these zoom calls um they're all they're mostly all white people um having these conversations and I'm not saying like that that's necessarily a bad thing I'm just saying they probably have never thought about this before and so just the fact that they're not um um you know ethnic minorities and it was all management staff having these conversations and there isn't an an ethnic minority in our um higher up kind of like CEO type staff um, so, 
Um, I think they maybe recognized that because they were having these meetings and they're like, well, there aren't any black ones here. So we can just talk about this, you know, and like, it's not that the black people weren't invited. It was just the the people who were actually in the meeting were supposed to be mostly like management, like higher management, like the owners of the different like companies and stuff. Um, so anyways, that was just kind of a side note, but it was during the whole climate, you know, where all these things were happening, you know, that I just happened to be in a, you know, I was still an ethnic minority, still gender minority, but, you know, I was no longer like a sexual minority, you know, I mean, in a way, yes, but in a way, no, you know, and that's the first time that had ever happened. And then I fast forward to now and I don't even know how many staff we have. We have a lot of staff, but um, I think we have like 30 almost. And there's at least one or two people who um, go by they, them, or don't mind which pronouns are used. Um, I think one specific person, maybe two, go by they, them. Um, we have other you know, LGBT staff, uh, one of the supervisors is an LGBT staff with a, with a gay partner, um, we're all up in it, we're all over, you know, um, the company, and at least in this branch, it's a very diverse branch, um, a couple people with, with the hijab, with, um, you know, the religious traditions, you know, a couple, you know, like cis white men, some Spanish speaking, um, Latino men, some gay men, some queer, gender queer people, some uh, lesbians, some people just don't really say, but I get a vibe from a couple people that I'm kind of like, I know what's up, you know, um, but we don't really talk about it because we're just like talking about work the whole time now. But I mean, um, I mean, I probably shared this, these experiences before, but on this topic, you know, talking about like, you know, professional brands, um, that really is something that comes up, you know, because it's like, you know, one thing I haven't done yet and I'm, you know, because I know my company's so swamped. I don't know when a good time would be to bring it up, but, you know, I'm considering, even though I'm leaving the company soon, but I'm considering um, bringing up this topic of, um, like, like, the way I would bring it up would be if, you know, because I know we're always hiring. So if I were to refer a friend to work for a company who is in the process of transitioning, um, but identifies as one gender now and is in the process of transitioning to a different gender, um, would that impact their work status, their payment their you know um everything like what would be 
uh, impacted by that? You know, would something be impacted? And so that's something that I get curious on. Uh, that's something I'd like to know. And this conversation wasn't really brought up exactly this way, but I just know um, that one one time in like during 2020 um during those conversations we were having I just remember that time period because we were all physically in the office that's the only time we were all physically there with this specific boss still being our boss um and you know the gay male brought up you know well what would be the policy if I were to come into work in drag you know and you know um nobody was saying like don't do it but it was kind of like you know like it's one thing to come in you know with you know as long as it's professional I guess was kind of the answer like not coming in and like some kind of like unprofessional looking costume kind of uh uh kind of kind of look you know like because drag is a little different than you know um dressing for you know uh identity reasons you know a little bit like I think the difference is the performance and entertainment aspect of drag um a person doesn't really have to be genderqueer or a sexually queer person to be you know, dressed in drag. Anybody can go into drag, but it does have a lot of queer culture in it, for sure. Um, and so you can't necessarily separate that out from it. Like, I don't know if they're, like, straight drag, you know, events. Usually they tend to cater to the LGBT community. Um, I've never really seen one that was just, like, somewhere straight you know and then they just happen to have like a routine drag show I mean maybe they exist but I don't know of any um where I live it's more you know of an LGBT community thing you see them at gay bars gay clubs uh gay brunches gay whatever and then you know anybody's welcome you know and it doesn't really mean that the that the um staff that's hired for those events that they're LGBT people but um, they're definitely culturally aware so that was kind of the answer you know like you know you could probably if you're a cis male you could probably or whatever you identify as it would be fine to come to work at the place where I work with heels with you know, lashes with makeup, whatever femme looking way, um, and vice versa, you know, you could come to work in like a suit or button down or polo or, you know, dress shoes or boots or ties and bow tie or whatever. But, you know, there is a level where it does get, you know, they're more concerned about the distraction. Is it going to distract and is it going to be unprofessional? Like, will it distract your work? 
Will it distract your client care? Will it distract others? You know, like, is it going to draw too much attention? And it didn't seem like it was drawing attention to anybody. Um, I don't think anybody did it. But, yeah, it didn't really seem like it was uh, drawing attention to anyone. Um, And so, that was kind of... That was kind of the the overall um, explanation that we were given as to, you know, is it allowed? Are we allowed? Um, I mean, I have mentioned this before, you know, that I kind of have my own dress code. I wear what I wear. Uh, People don't really know what to do with it, but I mean, I feel like my bosses all this time have known me so well that they don't really bat an eye with what I wear. They're never like, oh, like, that's inappropriate, you know? Like, they just let me dress in my clothing. Um, They don't really, like, say anything to me about anything like that. Um, I mean, there have been comments to, um, to the tune in the work environment uh before 2020 at, at my old site where you know there were there was like one or two special days or maybe it was like one whole week but I was out for some days and then I came back and like people were wearing like ties and stuff like that and I just kind of waltzed in like wearing whatever I wear and then I remember one of the interns being told you know you can wear whatever kind of shoes but you're not allowed to wear sneakers but I would wear sneakers, you know, to work. And nobody said anything to me. I didn't even know that was part of the dress code that you can't wear sneakers. So I would just wear them. So, I mean, nobody ever really said anything to me about my clothing style um, or professionalism of it. And, you know, my work performance always spoke for itself. Nobody was ever complaining to me about, like, how I dressed. But I think people kind of knew, you know, at a certain point when I started dressing a certain way with, like, the chinos and the button-downs and things like that, people were kind of like, ah, we get it. Um, Like, before, you know, I did kind of go through, like, a, like a you know, a stereotypical kind of, like, female, like, not really femme-presenting, uh, but, like, kind of that like target style kind of like almost like I don't know how to describe it like if it was a polo shirt it might be from the women's section kind of fitted but like bigger or jeans that were like a little bigger but fitted um that were like not blue jeans but like maybe like black jeans or something like that you know and then like some Clark's dress shoes that weren't sandals they were just like you know not heels and just not really flats either but just the one with like the little bit of a raised back to them and you know at most I'd wear like like at certain time periods I would wear like fitted uh fitted women's clothes but a little bigger size so that they were they looked like they weren't like very form-fitting to my body but they were like that made them a little more mask looking but um they were still female section clothing 
And then I remember I had these shirts from Target that I started getting that were like long sleeve button downs from the women's section that were just like, you know, patterned shirts, but they weren't like super, super fitted. But I didn't get them like really snug. I would get them a little bit looser. And I had some pants that were like, you know, when you go to Ross and you go to like the women's like kind of like business pants section or like petite women's section and they would have like pants that were you know jeans but they were kind of nicer like they didn't have the front pockets and like they were more fitted um so I had a pair of dark brown jeans a pair of uh, khaki colored jeans um from forever 21 the other one was from Ross um, you know, I had a pair of, like, DKNY, like, old school style, like, pants from, like, the, well, probably, like, early 2000s. Um, again, like, not very form-fitting, but, um, you know, I'd buy them, like, a size or so bigger, so they'd be a little baggy, but it was all technically from the women's section, just when I was wearing it, it wasn't. Um, and didn't really have that real femme look. And, you know, I'd have shirts, mostly like the long sleeve button up, button down shirts with like those kind of jeans and then maybe, uh, nicer shoes. And then I kind of switched out my Clarks for like these Skechers, those like Skechers slip-ons. And around that time, um... I didn't really know where I was going with this episode, but, I mean, we're already in it, so, um, around that time, that's probably the first time I remember, um, developing a crush at work on a lesbian co-worker, and, you know, she was married, so, you know, married to a woman, had a wife and so at that time I was kind of like okay she's married so I'm leaving it at that um and she was totally just like I was like I just left it at that she's married um and um with her being a married gay female um I was kind of like yeah, I have a crush, but I didn't, I didn't even, it wasn't even necessarily because she was gay, like, I would have been attracted to her regardless, just because of the way she was, like, I'm really into, like, the androgyny, um, and she was totally, like, short hair, Doc Martens, like, you know, that kind of style, and, like, very openly gay, and, like, would mention it, like, not would mention it, but when we talked about our, um, heritage backgrounds and things like that, or our, um, cultural backgrounds, that's something that she mentioned for her cultural background, and, um, I didn't mention that about myself, but I was just like, dude, yes, (laughs) you know, yes, please, but, um, yeah, I remember I would, like, avoid her, like, there was a copier in the front of the building and one towards the back, and I used to use the copier that was in the front, even though it was really far away. Um, I didn't really want to 
use the copier closer to me. Um, because it was really close to her. And so, you know, I was like, oh my gosh. But yeah, she would compliment, like, my shirts and my jeans and, like, you know, she kind of saw what was up a little bit. I think that's why she was doing it, because she kind of noticed when I kind of a little bit switched my style from, you know, the kind of awkward, like, polos and women's dress pants to, like, the jeans and, like, the women's button-down long sleeves with the, with the slip-on, um, the slip-on sketchers. I think I had black and white, uh, slip-on sketchers. They were kind of like a, you know, like when you, uh, the old-school TVs, how, when you'd have, like, the, uh, static, and then the screen would just be, like, that fuzzy, like, black and white and gray. It, they were kind of like that color, like, black, white, gray, kind of little, like, it basically looked like, um, like, that kind of fuzz on the TV screen, um, yeah, and I remember her, um, complimenting me about my clothes and stuff, and then a couple times, like, she tried to come over and talk after work or whatever, and I was like, man, like, I totally, like, now I'm a lot more social at work, I'm not as shy, um, so I probably would have, like, tried to make plans nowadays, but, yeah, back then, I didn't really do that, I wasn't really, like, trying to, like, talk or anything, I was just, like, nervous and didn't really want to talk, <laughs> but, um, and I avoided her, and, like, you know, she would come into the place where I would work, into my little section, where I shared with, like, four of us, and, like, she come in and like talk and stuff and like yeah I was just like so nervous around her all the time but like to a point where I just like avoided her so much I was like oh my gosh I'm so like nervous um around her but I mean she was totally professional it was just all in my head I was just like whoa like I'm used to just being focused at work I'm not used to being all like flustered you know, by somebody, um, and, I mean, it was a, it was a cool experience, like, nobody made it, like, bad, but I don't know if she could tell, she probably could tell, (laughs) um, I don't really know for sure, though, um, and so there's that, and then, um, um, yeah, but yeah, I did have a bit of a clothing transition and a, um, you know, a lot of different things happening during that time in my life. Um, but yeah, that was pre 2020 and then 2020. And then now in 2022, yeah, the site that I work at is just very diverse on so many different levels. Um, And I am curious to know, you know, okay, now that we have all this diversity, like, what are the rules? You know, what if somebody has a religious holiday? What if somebody has a, you know, a, um, you know, if somebody has something related to their, to their gender, or whatever, maybe, like, what, 
what is it that's um that the company has as policies in place like I don't really think it's really like my place but I would just frame it from like okay like I wouldn't mind you know referring a couple of my friends to apply for the open positions but you know what if the friend I you know refer is not a cis straight person like is that going to be a problem um you know it just sounds more like something that might be a little personal to be trying to bring up because it's not even a real scenario you know I don't have a friend that is a specific trans friend of mine that's actually trying to apply but I don't know I might feel a little awkward asking honestly like about the policies I feel like I might be a little um feel a little awkward about it because um, I wouldn't want them to think that I'm talking about myself, even though there's nothing wrong with that. I I still wouldn't want them to assume that, especially because I recently mentioned that, you know, within coming months, I'm trying to transition out of this job. So I don't want to come back up and be like, oh, yeah, by the way, like, you know, um, what if this what if somebody was, you know, wanting to work here and they were having these like gender transitional uh, stages in their life and then I, I don't want them to be like wait is that where you're leaving it's like no it's not why I'm leaving um it has nothing to do with it but then coming into you know a new work setting you know I do get a little um worried that you know there might be some phobia of a potential boss that could come up I mean, this is just a worry in my own mind. Nothing has actually happened yet. Um, but I think to myself, like, like, what if, you know, my LinkedIn profile doesn't look femme enough? Or what if, um, you know, when I interview, you know, I don't look femme enough? Or what if I get denied the job because somebody thinks that I'm, you know, confused about my gender or they don't like people who are kind of like on the androgynous type of look or they don't like mask presenting females or they don't like gay people. I mean, like there's so many different things coming into a new job where it's like, you know, those are things that I know I don't really have to worry about at my current job or at the previous site I was at because it was still the same company. Um, I never really had to worry um, about that. Um, but it is kind of good to know your rules, know the, the laws, know what what um, your rights actually are, so that's something I'm, I'm about to start looking into, because I know that a lot of states don't have a lot of rights, and, um, in California, you know, we do have a lot of rights, but, um, the protection might not be there, um, and I'm used to working in it for a company that, you know, employs, you know, compassionate people that are honest, hardworking, um, even though they're very diverse and we're used to working in such diverse settings, 
I'm not too sure how it would go working in a setting that's not as diverse. I'm already ethnically not as diverse. I'm already gender not as diverse. And I'm pretty sure there might be a lot less of people like me. But again, if the site is based somewhere like like San Diego or LA or San Francisco or something, then it I might just blend right in. Um, but if it's somewhere like, I don't know, Minnesota or like North Dakota or like, I don't know, Texas or <laughs> I don't know where I'm like making up places I don't that I don't really know for sure what their real rules are. Alabama, you know, there's certain places where I'm just like, uh, they don't really seem like they uh, really think about diversity like that. So, I mean, in this climate of things, most of us aren't trying to make things harder for ourselves, you know, and yeah, when it comes to, you know, work brand, that's really, that's really something that is, you know, good to consider, like not to worry on it or anything, but it is going to be good to consider because, you know, you don't want your your job being at risk because of how you look. Um, when you're not doing anything inherently wrong by looking the way you do or being the way you do or having the mannerisms that you do or, you know, presenting a certain way or identifying a certain way. Um, but, yeah, I... I hope that this episode finds you well, and I hope it was um, helpful, and yeah, I'm just really hoping that I'm uh, um, going in the right direction with some things that I'm working on right now. It's uh, hard to really know, you know, I've got a lot of you know, uh, moving parts in my life right now, so, you know, there's a lot of navigating that newness, and upcoming newness, and potential newness, and, uh, so these are where my questions are coming up, and so, I'm sure I'm not the only one, which is why I wanted to post this, but, um, alright guys, with that, Um, yeah, thanks for listening.